Welcome to Net Support Radio, powered by Anderson Tiger, the official broadcaster of Bet 2020. Listeners, you won't believe who I've got on the telephone. The fabulous Sir David Carter. How are you, sir? I'm really well, Russell. Lovely to speak to you. And you too, sir. Just tell the listeners a little bit where we are up to with you, because I think the last time uh, we had a decent conversation, you were in post as the head teacher of this fabulous school in Sirencester. What has happened to you since? Wow, that feels like a lifetime ago. So uh, I was at Deer Park uh, as head. Uh, until 2003 and had a wonderful time there. It was a fantastic school to have your first headship in. And then I moved into Bristol to be the principal of John Cabot Academy. And then on the back of that, started to work with other schools in Bristol and South Gloucestershire and formed the Cabot Learning Federation Multi-Academy Trust, which I did until 2014 when I became the Regional Schools Commissioner in the Southwest. And then about a year, 12, 13, 14 months later, the National Schools Commissioner, which I did up until a year ago, and I now work for Ambition Institute, um, doing a whole host of interesting work. Brilliant. I've, I've always admired your hands-on approach, your real practical level of an experience. I think it's absolutely vital when folks are coming to the, the recommended go-to person for strategic advice and guidance for professional development. I always feel it's so important to have someone that kind of knows what they're talking about. Uh, tell me all about your talk at BET. What can we expect from you, David? Well, I will focus on something that really means a great deal to me at the moment, which is how are we going to ensure that we've got a pipeline of brilliant men and women who want to come into school leadership? Um, It's a tough job. It's a challenging job, but it's the most rewarding role there is, I think, in in public service. Um, And so the work that I do now uh, as Ambition um, is very much focused upon developing new chief executives of trust, developing new directors of education who are responsible for school improvement, but also thinking about that transition which you just alluded to from being a classroom teacher, which I think my roots and my love has always been there, into taking on roles where you help develop other people as teachers and help create great schools for young people to go to. And I think the challenge that we have in this country at the moment is going to be rooted in the degree to which we can create a world-class education system that young people will benefit from for the next 50 years. And I want to play a part in that whilst I still have some some energy left. I know just how you feel. Now, we we see in the press there's always talk about shortages. It's really hard for recruitment to get folks in right at the starting point to become classroom practitioners. And and I guess as they go further through the system, they become, you know, perhaps a little bit disillusioned with the opportunities uh, and the the career progression, I guess that's what we're kind of aiming at. How can you make the, the job more alluring? Well, I think... I think there are a number of ways you look at it. I'm, I'm, and it would be very naive to suggest that a salary rise for new teachers isn't going to be helpful. And I think the the decision that was being taken before the election was announced, um, which, of course, by the time we were talking about this, the results of that will be known. But the decision to raise the threshold entry salary-wise for new teachers to, to £30,000, I think will make a massive difference and will help. But it's not just about that. I think there are three things that I see some of the best schools and the best uh, trusts doing to ensure that they get really good classroom teachers through the door. The first one is that they they enable them to have the tools to do their job. And part of the toolkit of being a great teacher is a really strong curriculum to, to, to work within. 
and then lots of support and guidance around teaching and assessment. But I think one of the most important things that leadership teams do in schools is to ensure that there's really good visible presence from leaders so that when that new teacher has a difficult class, uh, a class where some children are really trying to distract the learning, there is some support immediately to help them. I think there's no substitute for really strong visible leadership. I think the second one is around the way in which schools are able to develop the individual's professional needs so that CPD becomes far more bespoke and, and less holistic as it used to be in the past. And then the third one, which I see happening more and more, is a, a really conscious attempt to look after teachers' um, well-being um, and them as people. So to be understanding and sympathetic about their workload mm. and try to make sure that they feel fit and well, both physically and mentally, to carry out the job that they've been asked to do. Brilliant. I've always thought that uh, multi-academy trusts have a great capacity, a great opportunity to generate more authentic collaboration. And I use that word advisedly here. Uh, have you got some crackingly good, exciting ideas so that we can kind of grow our multi-academy trusts and give them the opportunity to, to hook up with others and share the most excellent of practice? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, and I think it also cuts the heart of one of the challenges, I think, there is in the system so on my travels in the last sort of 10 years or so i have seen so many examples of really great collaborative practice within trusts where you're seeing teachers being developed very fast people being given the opportunity to move between schools do a whole range of interesting things but but the, here's the rub the rub has got to be that those trusts work better with each other and i think if i if there's a version 2.0 of the of the mat sector over the next five to 10 years. It's got to be that trusts work closer together um, to really combine their energies to transform the communities that they serve. So again, it would be naive to say that there's not an element of competition in the education world, and I don't think we'll ever lose that. But actually, if you're working in a town or a city or a community where there are, let's say, a dozen multi-academy trusts and a significant number of children in that community attend one of those academies, you have a sector responsibility and a civic responsibility to work with your partner down the road. And I think that's some of the work that I'm really enjoying doing at the moment, trying to bridge that gap and bring those trusts together. Outstanding objectives, David, I have to say, and I share your vision entirely uh, with all of that. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you so much indeed for giving us a, a heads up. If folks haven't connected with you on social media, where can they find you these days? Sure, I have a, I have a Twitter account, at Carter6D, um, and I'd be delighted to engage with people through that. Brilliant. And for the official correspondence with the, uh, the new organisation? Uh, David Carter at ambition.org. Couldn't be any simpler than that. So, David Carter, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. New for Bet 2020. Dedicated zones to help you find your way around the show. For the first time in 28 years, the education show will move to sit inside Bet in January 2020. Go to betshow.com for blogs, inspiration, and all the details you need to plan your visit in January. Let's be- 